The second Bible reading this morning is Psalm 77. I cried out to the Lord for help. I cried out to God to hear me. When I was in distress, I sought the Lord. At night, I stretched out untiring hands, and my soul refused to be comforted. I remembered you, O God, and I groaned. I mused, and my spirit grew faint. You kept my eyes from closing. I was too troubled to speak. I thought about the former days, the years of long ago. I remembered my songs in the night. My heart mused and my spirit inquired, Will the Lord reject forever? Will he never show his favour again? Has his unfailing love vanished forever? Has his promise failed for all time? Has God forgotten to be merciful? Has he in anger withheld his compassion? Then I thought, to this I will appeal, the ears of the right hand of the Most High. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. I will meditate on all your works and consider all your mighty deeds. Your ways, O God, are holy. What God is so great as our God? You are the God who performs miracles. You display your power among the peoples. With your mighty arm, you redeemed your people, the descendants of Jacob and Joseph. The waters saw you, O God. The waters saw you and writhed. The very depths were convulsed. The clouds poured down water. The skies resounded with thunder. Your arrows flashed back and forth. Your thunder was heard in the whirlwind. Your lightning lit up the world. The earth trembled and quaked. Your path led through the sea, your way through the mighty waters. Though your footprints were not seen, you led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. This is God's word. Well, we are looking at the second last in our series, Set Apart, Set Apart by God and for God. The privilege of prayer, our privilege as children of God. Well, let's pray and then we'll have a look at this psalm. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you in your kindness granted us the great privilege that we can always approach you as our Father in heaven and to pray to you and to know you always listen. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, have you ever been in a situation where you felt completely helpless, frightened, terrified, you, you can't help yourself out of the situation, and you cry out, is anyone there to help? Well, my earliest memory of feeling such a way was when I was only about maybe five years old. At that time, we lived in the North Melbourne Commission Flats, the exact same ones where the lockdowns were a few weeks ago. And I still remember this time, even at such a young age, we were allowed to do whatever we want. The 20 floors up and down the stairs, the lifts, the playground down the bottom. One day, I was down the bottom with my brother playing, he's a younger brother, playing in the playground. And we both needed to go to the toilet. And it was too long to go back up to our floor. And so we went to the public one downstairs. It was all good until we were inside. There was no handle on the inside, there was no handle on the door, and it was very heavy, too heavy for us two young boys to open, and we couldn't open it, and so we were stuck in the toilet. 
And I remember we both stood there in tears. And I remember trying to console my younger brother. I said, it'll be okay. It'll only be a few hours and our dad, after he finishes work, he'll find us. But as young boys, there was that real sense of hopelessness, of, of, of terror, of, of, of fear. Is there anyone there? There was no way we could save ourselves. We were too small, too weak. But what eventually transpired was that another man came into the toilet and as soon as that door opened, we bolted out. And what's the moral of the story? Go to the toilet before you go out. But, but more seriously, that sense of hopelessness, of despair, of fear, of terror, though it was my first memory of feeling that way, it certainly wasn't my last and I'm sure in your own life experience, there would have been many moments when you two cried out, is anyone there to help? Well, the great privilege, as we have seen so far in our series, having repented, forgiven, adopted as a child of God, and even at times disciplined, is the great privilege of prayer because God is always there to help. And in this psalm today that we'll be looking at, we learn of that great privilege of prayer to be able to come to God, not only when times are good, but especially when times are bad, to be able to come to God anytime and anywhere. And here we see a prayer in great desperation, a cry for help, not merely a cry of a five-year-old boy stuck in the toilet, though that was pretty scary. But as we read this, you can sense the rawness of the despair, the sadness, the sorrow and the darkness that, that lies in the heart of this psalmist. This psalm is called a psalm of lament. In fact, about 70% of the psalms in, in the psalms, in the book of psalms, are laments. And they teach us to pray in the difficult times of life. Now look at what we see here in this psalm how he begins. Look at verses 1 and 2. I cried out to God for help. I cried out to God to hear me when I was in distress. I sought the Lord. At night I stretched out untiring hands and my soul refused to be comforted. Now when was the last time you experienced anything like that? Crying out for help but met with silence pleading to God in distress, but feeling no comfort. Well, this may even be your experience now in life. And I know some of you are still mourning, in sorrow. In fact, one of our brothers at church lost his mother only last week. But prayers can begin this way. I cry out to God in anguish. It's why for centuries Christians have caught this world a valley of tears. There are good seasons, there are good years in life, but it only takes one event and our world can be turned upside down. Even consider the biblical characters. They all cried out to God. The great King David cried out many times. Job cried out. Isaiah, Elijah, Jeremiah cried out. Jonah cried out. The Apostle Paul cried out. Even Jesus Christ cried out. This world is a valley of tears. And that's why this psalmist now prays this next verse. You can just sense his feelings of 
flatness and depletion. Look at verse 3. I remembered you, O God, and I groaned. I mused, that is, I meditated, I pondered, and my spirit grew faint. Now, do you pick up how offensive his prayer would have been to God? I thought about you, God, and I groaned. I mean, shouldn't it be instead, I thought about you, God, and I felt comfort and love and peace. Instead, I groaned. I mean, if I said that to my wife, Yvonne, I thought about you today and I groaned. I'll be sleeping on the couch that night. But yet this psalmist says that about God. There's this spiritual weariness here. And so he begins his prayer, I cried. But then he moves on from crying to complaining. Do you notice that? He not only had the audacity to groan when he's thinking about God, but he also questioned God, doubted God, complained to God. And here we see him express his sleeplessness and his confusion. Look at verse 4. You kept my eyes from closing, which means he can't get to sleep. I was too troubled to speak. And then verse 6. I remembered my song in the night. My heart mused and my spirit inquired. There's a sense of restlessness and confusion here. And now comes his audacious complaints and frustration, all blurted out against God. Look at verses 7 to 9. Will the Lord reject forever? Will he never show his favour again? Has his unfailing love vanished forever? Has his promise failed for all time? Has God forgotten to be merciful? Has he in anger withheld his compassion? Have you ever expressed such doubts and frustration before God? God, where are you? God, why have you forsaken me? Did I do something wrong? Are you angry with me? Have, have you been punishing me? God, don't you love me anymore? Now, how would you expect God to respond to something like that when a subject speaks to his king? How dare you? How dare you speak to me in that way or question me in that way? But God didn't say that here. In fact, God ordained that these words would be in Scripture as a pattern of prayer. And so what does it teach us about prayer? And what does it teach us about God? Well, it shows us the wonderful privilege we have in prayer. We come to God with the frustrations of life, the anguish of pain, the doubts and the questions. And that is what God allows for. God wants us to come to him like a child coming to his father with nothing to hide. Not that we can hide anything from God anyway. He knows already. But what God wants is open up our hearts and pour it out to him. All completely bare. Complain and argue and question and kick. But God says, I'll listen and I'll love you still. I mean, just picture, it's a bit like a little daughter kicking and complaining and screaming in tears. I hate you. You're the worst dad in the world. But the father just there hugging tightly onto his daughter and not letting go. Well, that is what God is like. You see, there is no attempt in Scripture to whitewash or to deny or to hide the anger, the anguish, the suffering of the people of God. And we're meant to pour it out in raw honesty before God in prayer. You see, the Bible gets real with us and allows this type of prayer so that we can get real with God. About two years ago, you might still remember the story of the 12 Thai boys trapped in an 
underground cave in Chiang Rai. By the tenth night, they were losing patience, hope, and energy and courage. Now, one of the boys in that cave was 14-year-old Adun Samon. He was, in fact, one of the compassion sponsor child. Now, you must imagine how desperate their situation was. And as the only Christian in the group, he prayed. And perhaps you can sense in, in his prayer something like this psalm. He prayed, Lord, I'm only a boy. You see, there's that sense in his prayer, God, have you forgotten me? I'm just a kid. And you can't blame him for it. But that is what God wants. Raw honesty in our prayers. Hearts completely opened and poured out. But young Adun Samon didn't stay there in his prayer. He remembered God. He went on to pray, You are almighty God. You are holy. You are powerful. Right now I can't do anything. May you protect us. Come to help us all 13. And that is how the prayers of lament start to take shape. From crying to complaining to now remembering God. I move from my feelings, my frustrations, my complaints, my heart, and I move to God. I move to what is true. I move to what will always remain true. And that is what we see in this psalm. He cried, he complained, and now he remembers the acts of God in deliverance. Have a look at verses 10 to 13. Then I thought, to this I will appeal. The years of the right hand of the Most High, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. I will meditate on all your works and consider all your mighty deeds. You see, he moved from meditating on his own groaning to now meditating on the mighty deeds of God. And so you see the movement. I cried, I complained, and now I remembered. You see, what would have happened if this psalmist stayed in verse 9 and didn't move to verse 10? Well, he would still be stuck in that dark place. And that can quickly spiral downwards and descend into deeper despair, into self-pity, and to stay sad and hopeless. And maybe some of you listening now, are still stuck at verse 9. You haven't made yet that step to verse 10 and you're despairing in life. You're sad, you're feeling hopeless. And who wouldn't be if you feel like not only was the world against you, but God is against you? Well, that is why you need to take that step to verse 10. I remember God. And like Adun Samon, this psalmist remembers the character of God. Never changing, never inconsistent, never fickle, never undependable, not like us. Look at verses 14 to 15. Your ways, O God, are holy. What God is so great as our God? You are the God who performs miracles. You display your power among the peoples. With your mighty arm you redeem your people, the descendants of Jacob and Joseph. And this psalmist remembers the great deliverance of Exodus, how the skies resounded with thunder, verse 17, how the earth trembled and quaked, verse 18, how the mighty waters were split, verse 19, and how God led his people to freedom, verse 20. God came to the rescue. And in the story of Adun Samon, 
and his teammates, well, they were eventually rescued after 18 days. And we see here in this psalm a pattern of prayer, a pattern of lament. I cried, I complained, but now I remember this is my God. And what does that lead to? Well, it leads to I trust. I trust that in all seasons of life, I'm a child coming to my father. I trust that God is so unlike me, never fickle, never unreliable, never undependable. And he'll always receive me with a warm, loving embrace. I trust that God is always there. And that is the great privilege of prayer. Anytime and anywhere. That is how approachable our God is like. Like a son coming to his father, he will receive us. But it is a great privilege, but only for those who know God. And we can really only know God today by knowing God's own son, Jesus Christ. It is his son who makes it all possible. It is his son who opens the door. It is his son who brings us to the father. We know God by knowing Jesus. And that is why we always pray in Jesus' name. And if that is true for you, then we can come to God as Father anytime and anywhere in Jesus' name. And for those of us who are parents, isn't that how we're like with our own children? We want them to come to us anytime and anywhere. But as good of a parent we might be, we'll never be like God to us. Sure, we want our kids to be with us, but sometimes we need our own space, don't we? On the door outside my study, I've got this sign, not for the guests or visitors to our home, but for our children. And it says, knock first, please. Man in deep thought inside. I put this sign up first because the kids were always running in, always bothering me. I might be on an important call or working on a sermon and the thought was flowing. and They were just blasting and there goes my train of thought. But what type of father am I? Come to me any time, kids, except sometimes. But with God, it's not like that at all. Never a sign, do not disturb. Never too busy to hear our prayers. Never too far, we cannot reach. God is only a prayer away. And that is the privilege of prayer. To come into the very presence of our Father anytime and anywhere. In fact, for us now, when we pray on this side of the cross because of Jesus Christ, what we remember of what God has done is a far greater deliverance than what this psalmist remembered in this psalm. Not merely the power of God displayed in the sending of the plagues and the crossing of the sea, but the measureless love of God in the giving and the sacrifice of his own beloved son, Jesus Christ, on that Roman cross. It is a costly love of God we remember now. It is the cross of Christ we remember now. Not merely delivered from Egypt, but delivered now from sin and death itself, a true freedom. And so in our prayers, that is what we remember. We remember the cross. When we remember what God has done for us in his son, Jesus Christ, and when we remember that, as hard as life is now, as burdensome, as despairing, as dark, we can never say, when we're remembering the cross, that God doesn't care, that God doesn't love me, that God will not do all within his power for his flock 
and for his children. And so I trust. I cried, I complained, I remember, and now I trust. And so how is your prayer life? How are your prayers? Do you know the great privilege you have? If you are the worrying type of person, have you brought it to God in prayer? If you have time to worry, then you have time to pray. Or if you're one who, are, who is feeling heavy laden and burdened, guilty and ashamed, have you brought it to God in prayer? Jesus didn't say, make your life, get it all sorted out, solve all your issues, whatever it might be, and then come and then I'll give you rest. But instead he said, if you are weary and heavy laden, come and I'll give you rest. If you feel unloved or uncared for or lonely, have you brought it to God in prayer? Our Father never has the do not disturb sign, but always with open arms ready to embrace us. If you are feeling a pain that no one in the world understands, that is so deep, have you brought it to God in prayer? Our Father understands pain and he understands suffering. He even knows what it feels like to lose a child. You see, we have a great privilege in prayer. And I wonder how many of us do not see how good we really have it. We have access to the throne of grace. And so in this psalm, I cried, I complained, I remember, and now I trust. It is the privilege of prayer. Now remember my stuck-in-the-toilet story, that terrifying experience as a young boy. Now as a five-year-old, I did not yet know God. If I did, it would have been a very different experience in that toilet. Now a few years ago, I found myself not stuck in the toilet again, but I found myself listening to what my son told me. One of my sons, Caleb, had a similar experience. He was also about the same age in prep, also stuck in the toilet, this time at school. Different situation wasn't because he couldn't open the door, but some year five bullies trapped him along with one of his friends and wouldn't let him out. And when he told me after school, my heart sank. But I remember asking him, did you remember to pray to God? And he said, yes. And my heart was filled with comfort. I also had a good talk to the mother of that bully. But that is the privilege of prayer. My experience as a young boy, terrifying and not knowing God. Caleb's experience, terrifying as well. But knowing that God is always there makes a world of difference. That is the privilege of prayer. And what better way than to end by praying together the prayer our Lord taught us. The Lord's Prayer. Let's pray. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen.